You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey friends, I'm happy to have you with me for another episode of Life Repurposed. Today is a solo episode with just me talking with you for just a little bit, a little shorter than some of those ones that I've had with guests. Sometimes when I'm talking with a friend, it's really hard to turn off that conversation because we get into some really good stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed some of the interviews that I've had recently. I want to ask a question today and I want to get us thinking a little bit. Do you ever feel spiritually numb as if you're overloaded on crisis and you're just done with it? Does it feel as though the darkness is too much and self-preservation is your only hope? This week, I talk about how we might be faith sleepwalkers when life stresses us out. Let's flip on the light and wake up to what we might be missing. Before we get into that content, I want to encourage you to go to the show notes for this episode. That will be at michellerayburn.com 82. You'll have a link to the resources that I share, and you'll also find a link there where if you would like to give a little bit of a contribution to the show. If you've been a faithful listener, you can buy me a coffee and you'll find that link there. Let's get into today's topic. Let's begin with a story. Another round of shots rang out and I shoved my husband back down behind the cashier's counter. In an act of self-sacrifice, I flung my body across his. Bullets whizzed over our heads. Phil attempted to get up. What are you doing? I pressed my body harder to hold him down. You'll be killed if you look over that counter. He flailed his arms and legs, shoving at my body and squirming under me. What is wrong with you? I'm trying to save you. Get off of me. His voice sounded far away, muffled. My vision blurred. I blinked several times and tried to see the dimly lit room. It didn't look like a storefront anymore. In fact, it looked a lot like my bedroom. As the room came into clearer focus, I realized it was indeed my own bedroom, and I was in my own bed, but I wasn't lying on my own side of the bed. Instead, I was lying across Phil's side of the bed. Across Phil, actually. I had flung my pillow over him and my body over the pillow, and under me, he struggled to get out as I fought to, air quotes, save him from the gunfire that was really only in my dreams. Phil wasn't in any danger from a gunman, but I had nearly suffocated him to death with my pillow. My troubles with sleepwalking and talking in my sleep started when I was a child. Maybe some of you can relate if you're somebody who's had some sleepwalking. As an adult, the trouble seems to show up whenever I'm under a lot of stress or when I'm wrestling with a big decision. And so there have been times when I wake up in the middle of the night kind of freaking out But as I look back over the years, I've had all kinds of episodes of sleepwalking. There was a time I sat on my roommate in college and had a vague recollection of having her tell me in the middle of the night to go back to my bed. That's another story for another day. But it was during finals week or something like that where I was really stressed out. There was the time when my husband was on a fishing trip and I woke up in the morning to find all of the decorations that had been around the canopy of our bed on the floor. So we had this cast iron canopy bed and I had ivy and gossamer fabric and everything that I had draped around the top. And I would have had to stand on the bed during the night in order to unwind and untwist those decorations from the canopy. 
And there they were all piled on the floor in the morning. And again, I had this vague memory of having been out of bed, but I didn't have a clear memory of what had happened. I've been known to grip the bed hollering for how the floor is sinking away. Sometimes I flip on the light because I think there's spiders all over the bed. I yell about the giant spider, which is actually the ceiling fan that's coming down to get me. I might wake up in a panic about children who are in the attic that I forgot to feed. My dreams and my sleepwalking and my sleep talking all blur together in this state of confusion. And sometimes it's my husband chuckling that wakes me up. But oftentimes it's, I have this an awareness that I'm in a kind of a middle stage of sleep. And I know that if I can just turn on a light, I'll wake up and everything will feel all right. So sometimes I grope around and I try to find the light. And I, I just, I know if I just go out in the hallway and walk to the bathroom and turn on that light that I'll be able to see. <laughs> so I really am psychologically stable, I promise. And this is not a regular occurrence. This is only when I'm under a lot of stress. But I have a question for you. Have you ever had a similar hazy feeling? Not really in the sense of actual sleepwalking, although you may be a kindred sleepwalker, but I'm thinking more in the spiritual sense. Have you ever felt as though you were groping in confusion, hoping someone would turn on a light? that reaching around and feeling, that panic of, I just have to get the light on. There's a lot of stress going on in the world around us, and sometimes our response is to sleepwalk. Like we do it on purpose almost, but we're not doing it on purpose. It's just that the stress is so overwhelming that when we close our eyes to it, it's easier. It's easier to numb. We might go to church and maybe a small group. We might pray. We might read the Bible. We might read Christian books, but there's this blah feeling about our faith. Or perhaps we're confused because we might feel betrayed by what's happening in some Christian circles. When we don't know how to respond, we're emotionless, and that's a lot like sleepwalking. We start to lose our enthusiasm. Sometimes we're indifferent to sermons. Other people are passionate for God, and they hear this great sermon. They're so excited about it, and then we wonder, why do I feel so numb about that? I've used the word numb a few times, but that really is that feeling of, of not being able to process the emotions. Sometimes it's when the everyday stuff consumes us, it zaps our spiritual and our physical energy, and we, come, we become spiritually narcoleptic. It's like we doze off without noticing exactly when it was that God faded into the background or our conscience dimmed. I've had some sleepwalking seasons spiritually. I've gone through a few of them. I talk about that in chapter 14 of the Repurposed and Upcycled Life book, and I'll be mentioning that in the resources at the end if you want to read the rest of my sleepwalking story and more adventures like about when I sat on my roommate. But I really want to talk today about where we're currently at in life and how we might be experiencing sleepwalking and what we can do. So let's talk about a solution. I said we were going to talk about a solution, but there isn't really a magic formula for reawakening faith or waking up from sleepwalking fully. There aren't five or ten or eight steps that I can give you because for every one of us, it's going to be different. But there is a common factor in that's that it makes a conscious choice. It's just like when I feel that sense that I have to turn on the light because it will wake me up and I'll stop sleepwalk sleepwalking. 
It's like there's this common thing that we have that we have to make a choice to wake up. Sometimes our choice comes on the heels of a wake-up call that God gives to us. We've been through a pretty big wake-up call in the last year, and what happens is sometimes it it tries to wake us up and we just want to keep going back to sleep because we don't want to deal with it. But wake-up calls can come in many forms. It could be a health crisis. It could be family stress, a work situation, some kind of loss, years like 2020 and COVID-19. There are those kinds of wake-up calls that are shouting kind that say, hey, pay attention. But then sometimes there's a more gentle wake-up call that comes. It's like a whisper in the tender shake of a shoulder that you do to somebody who's having a bad dream. It could be a sermon. It could be a speaker at a conference. It could be a book that gets us thinking. It could be anything that makes us notice that God is still there. It might be that we notice something in a new way, like we've paid attention to details and we've been going along with life and all of a sudden our eyes are open to something brand new. Sometimes it's a song that wakes me up. It could be the gentle counsel of a friend that opens my eyes. It's like that light turning on in the darkness, and I'm suddenly aware of the shadows that were there before and how the light has brought everything to view. I can sometimes see that God was there all along when I couldn't see him in those shadows. When I'm sleepwalking or dreaming, I often have that sense that I just need to turn on the light. And that's how it is spiritually for us, too. It's that sense that I just need to turn on the light. We have to be deliberate about waking up. We have to choose to listen when God sends a wake-up call. And we need to turn on the light and look around us. Now, this looks so different for so many people. For some, it's walking through a, a series of events that has happened to us and we need to process that. For some people, it's walking through doubt and wondering where God is. For others, it might be that we suddenly discover that we have totally misplaced our passion and that we've been running after something similar to something I've shared in an episode where I talked about having been a Pharisee and and pursuing God all out and then realizing that I'm actually missing out on the love and the grace that he has for us. And so there's so many different ways that a wake-up call could happen. I want to ask a few questions here about turning on the light, and you can see if you find yourself in any of them. Do I have a sense I really don't care about anything faith-related? Am I sleepwalking where I should be awake? For example, when discussion starts about a spiritual leader who made the news for having coerced and even raped women for years, do I defend that leader without noticing the crushed and abused women who are the victims? Where is my perspective? Have I always gone in one direction and now God is reawakening my eyes and showing me the hurt and the struggling and the victims? Have I accepted and justified behaviors that contradict what Jesus asked of us in his messages in scripture? Maybe I've been just going along and haven't even noticed how off track I was. Would I rather pretend there is no problem when I should be ready to confront my own shortcomings? If someone points them out, am I annoyed? Or does that feel like turning on the light? Is my heart broken for what would break the heart of Jesus? Or is apathy easier? None of these questions is meant to sound harsh. They are all self-reflective questions to assess our mindset. So I encourage you to write your own questions and do an evaluation of where you are because only you know what's been asleep for a long time in you. I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to tap you on the shoulder 
when you almost miss a light switch moment. I think that's what happens. It's like there's this opportunity to wake up and do something different, to take a new course of action. And oftentimes we just miss it. And so we could ask the Holy Spirit to make us more aware of opportunities when we can wake up. So this week I'm challenging all of us to sound a wake-up call to our own faith, to turn on the light of Jesus, to open our eyes, to look at the people around us and see where have I been missing ministry opportunities, to open our own eyes and see where have I become apathetic, where have I drifted off in a way that has led me away from a strong and solid faith, what am I trying to ignore and wish away instead of confronting head on. Let's sound that wake-up call and turn on the light. I want to leave you with the resource today. I told you it was going to be a short episode. Uh, I've talked about this before, and I just talked about it in the beginning of this episode. I always want to point you back to my book, The Repurpose and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure. This is our journey of turning things around in a way that we can glorify God. And so the idea of waking up is perfectly fit to that. It's a chapter right from that book. And so I encourage you to look up the book if you haven't already. There's a Bible study that goes with it. It's part memoir, part inspiration and self-help, but it really is there to help you unpack emotional baggage and deal with the past, to confront perfectionism and negative attitudes, to change your perspective on your circumstances, to let go of regret and shame, to build positive, healthy relationships, to dream big and live with purpose, and so much more. And so I'll give you examples from everyday life in that book and then give you some practical tips and takeaways that you can use to discover the hope-rich way of viewing your past, present, and future. You'll find a link in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 82, and you'll be able to get the book, the Bible study, and also to sign up for a free sample chapter of those two. So you can get a printable version that you can try out and see if it's something that your small group might want to do. As we move into the rest of our week and as we think ahead of what's going on, thinking even ahead to um, Easter coming as we're thinking about this episode when it releases, Let's look for a perspective that's focused on living like Jesus. It's going to be hard. There's going to be days where it might be hard on my pride for me to have to turn around and to look for a different perspective. I screw up all the time. That's just everyday life. But what's so important is that we have a genuine heart and a desire to follow Jesus and to change when we are, when we are made aware of what we can change in our lives. This is my encouragement to you, knowing that you can go out there and do that. You can make a difference and you can help other people discover what it means to have a repurposed life. Thank you for joining me and I hope you'll find me on social media. Join in on the Life Repurposed group on Facebook where you can have some discussion. I'll also be telling you about some other things on there, including some coaching opportunities coming up too. So be sure to go to the Life Repurposed community and join in the discussion. Have a great week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.